Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Hi everyone, this is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Healers. Thank you so much for being here. And if you're new to this conversation or this series of conversations, uh, please take a moment to subscribe uh, to follow more conversations like this. Uh, but today I have a very, very special guest that I'm so excited to have here, uh, Sheila Haidt is a world-renowned tarot master, teacher, master transformational astrologer, intuitive and author. Um, she's been pe- featured in the book, 100 Top Psychics and Astro- Astrologers in America. And you've been quoted to have a 95 to 100% accuracy rate. And you have a number of books, Sheila. And I know you do so much more than this and you are so much more than this. So I'm excited to dive in. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. It's very exciting for me too. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I usually like to start with, um, so this is what you do now, but can you give us a little, what, what was your story? Like, how did you get here to be and become, um, the healer that you are today? Well, I was actually born this way, and um, my grandmother saw me in the hospital right after I was born, and she spoke to my parents about me and told them that I was to be dressed in certain colors, and that when I began to talk and by uh, voice change cadence and to pay attention to that, and that I could be relied upon to interpret whatever signs or dreams they had. My parents were, I think, very advanced uh, in many ways, and they were also respectful of old knowledge. My mother was a nurse who became a psychologist, and my father was a union negotiator and a marriage counselor, and they would encourage me to express myself and encourage me to just speak whatever it was that came up for me. So I would have a dream sometimes and say, oh, this dream is meant for them. And I thought all kids said to their parents, I had a dream, you need to do this, or you don't need to do this. I thought that's the way it was for the longest time. I was a teenager before I I found out that's not how it works in other families. So with that, I just had an interest always in things that I could see and other people couldn't, things that I could hear and other people couldn't. And I began to study those things. And I was always drawn to people who were magical, people who had uh, another way of looking at life and another way of expecting life to treat them. And I wanted that magic for myself. So I studied wherever my guidance, my internal or spiritual guidance said, study with this person or study this subject. I just studied everything. I would grab it and 
wrap myself in it and become it. And then when I was ready to move on, I would be moved on. I would get another suggestion, that's what we call them, and I'd be moved on to something else. So this is basically the way I live, the way I've always lived. In the meantime, getting here, I've had different professions, but I've always, one day I realized, oh, you do this anyway. This is what you do. The profession is simply what brought you into the room. And this is obviously the room you need to be in. So mm -hmm. there was nothing else to do, but make this my room. Make what I do as a metaphysician, as a spiritual person, as a healer, to make this the place that I inhabit at all times. Yeah. One of the things you say is you, you say that you help clients turn lead into gold. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, um, it's an alchemical expression, and it simply means that until lead is useful in and of itself, uh, if nothing else, it's a great paperweight. It, when the wind blows, it keeps your papers in place. However, gold is the standard that we use to uh, our monetary standard, but more importantly, gold is the gold of the heart. And the heart is where all creativity comes from. The heart is where the divine lives. The heart is where it keeps us going. It beats, it keeps us going. It's our personal machine. And so when we deal with the heart, the heart knows what it wants. People need not only to work and produce something functional and meaningful in that way, they need to work or play and create something, create something for the sheer joy of creating. So the lead is the desire, the wish, the paperweight holding that thought down. Ah, you know, I'd like to turn this into something I really want, something I'd love to have. And I help people because I am very practical, although I'm very ethereal, because we live on the earth plane, you have to be practical. And I listen to what they want, and then I help them structure their wish in manageable uh, bits so that and help them take those steps so that they get to where they want to want to go yeah and that really is turning lead into gold yes yeah i love that so it's um not necessarily putting where you are in a in a in a negative connotation so you you were very particular in saying lead is also useful but yeah. seeing like what else is possible where else could could this mm. take you Yes, exactly. um, you are well versed in like a variety of healing arts mm -hmm. and intuitive arts when someone comes to see you what's and and tells you like okay sheila you, you choose for me like what what's the process for you at that well point? the process of me choosing for them i listen to what they're saying to me i not only listen to their words i listen to their energy i watch their body um, and I have a lot of clients that I've never met in person, so our, our, our life together is over the phone. So I listen, I close my eyes, and I listen, and what I hear, I hear where their voice just becomes dull. And then I hear sometimes their voice becomes excited, and I hear where they begin to stutter. They may, may not even hear that, but I begin to hear where they become themselves and where they leave themselves. And then I know, I just intuitively know, oh, this person needs to go down this particular path. We'll use this with this person. When somebody sees me, I often have a client say, well, what do you do? 
And sometimes they think they're going to get a tarot card reading. Well, they are, I'm going to use those cards, but there's a lot more I have to explain to them that I'm a natural intuitive, that I'm not only seeing them, I'm not only looking at the cards, I'm listening and I'm listening with all my senses, I'm feeling, I'm hearing their spirit guides, I'm hearing my spirit guides, and I'm also, because I'm a medium, I'm hearing dead people talk to me. So they will, finally, they'll relax and I can talk to them and I can sort of guide them into, I can say, let's use, rather than use the cards, let's use astrology. I have a feeling that what you need is, you need something really definite and pinpointing dates and pinpointing uh, activities will be more helpful to you. And that's when they really light up because I've been told, you heard me, you saw me. So I follow, um, I really follow guidance from the spiritual realm and I'm always led in the right direction. Yeah, I love that you're mentioning like it's, um, it's not like when someone comes in, there's a, I mean, of course there's an introduction, but there's not a, like, oh, you're going to do this. Because sometimes when we say healing or receiving intuitive guidance, people have this, like you're going to sit in front of the glass ball or you're going to yes, lie yes, down yes, on the exactly. table. But it's more, um, I guess the way I'd like to see it is um, it's more of an art than a technical, um, yes, the technical proof needs to be there. Like you need to, have invested as a healer at the time. Um, but what I strive to do as a healer and what I see you doing so beautifully is that piece of art, mm -hmm. like figuring out in the moment what's needed and then moving in that direction, like a little bit of a dance with the person. And I love that you mentioned um, listening to the person become who they're meant to be mm -hmm. in their voice. Yes. And um, so, what how does this fit into um you have this beautiful book called the spiritual hedonism which mm -hmm. <laughs> which just the title just gives me joy just to think about oh mm -hmm. i get to enjoy myself and be spiritual at the yes. same time mm -hmm. so how does this fit into uh, like how does spiritual hedonism f fit into uh going and being practical in the world mm -hmm. And also well, being spiritual and how being practical and having fun at the same time right well, one of my favorite quotes was by Karl Lagerfeld and he says this is the purpose of life to get what you want there are deeper things but this is fun and that's it if you're not enjoying yourself you aren't using all of who you are in a practical way remember your heart that's where the joy starts that heart gets you up in the morning that heart keeps you going don't you think you can reward that aspect of yourself it's like putting really great gas in your tank it's like making sure you get tune-ups on time and the practical aspect of joy is knowing you know i want that and if you want that then there's a practical ethical way to get from here to there and why can't you have fun as you work why can't your work be so effortless, even if it's hard work, even if it's difficult understanding what you have to do, why can't it be a part of the joy of achieving your aims? And I am a Capricorn, so I'm a very practical earth sign. However, I understand that there's a lot more going on than just being totally grounded. You have to be totally grounded. You have to have a plan. You have to have a goal in mind. 
you have to have some sort of structure. But that structure is, it's, open, it's an open air structure. And once you set your structure in place, then you can take your ideas, your creativity, your desires, and they can fly around and they can create, they literally will create themselves in front of you once you produce the right structure for them. Yeah, I think as you're talking, I'm, I'm seeing the picture of our, um, what we mentioned in the conversation, the lead. And sometimes I feel like we get lost in the lead and we like we can, our feet are stuck, we can't move through it, which mm -hmm. the times we're going through aren't easy. Yes. Which brings me to um, the, the reason I sort of got in touch with you, Sheila, was I, I um, watched a video of you talk about Mercury retrograde. Yes. So mm -hmm. how, um, how do the planets affect like how much we get stuck <laughs> yes that how do they affect us how much we get stuck and how we how we can blast through that well my sense is that the planets are they're marvelous huge symbols they're symbols we can all agree are out there um and as an astrologer those symbols mean something to me so certain planets like mercury the planet of communication mercury is all also the planet of roadways um, so and conduits. So it's not just, oh, it's communication. That's why travel and plans get all screwy when Mercury is retrograde. Um, the energies of the planets, all planets affect all other planets. All people affect all other people. So we have, uh, Earthlings have phenomenal egos. We think we're the only thing you know, as a collective, we think we're the only thing there is in the universe that can do whatever it is that we think we can do. So we don't look out and see how we affect others. And therefore, we don't always acknowledge that other things can affect us. But Mercury, the planet of gathering and processing information, the planet of communi communication and roadways, when it appears to go backwards, because it doesn't really go backwards, but it slows down and it appears to go backwards, when that happens, things get wonky and you have to realize that what we were doing before the way we were doing it and and at the speed we were doing it doesn't serve right now we're going to have to stop and just like for us today when we were trying to figure out how to get the sound working mm -hmm. even though mercury has gone direct that doesn't mean that even though we've decided mercury's gone direct that doesn't mean mercury is done with us so, but we were able to figure it out. We didn't get hysterical. You came up with another way of communicating so that it actually worked. And finally, we were able to work with it. These things happen. The moon, the moon is not just this ball in the sky. The moon rules every bit of liquid we have on this planet. It certainly rules, rules the waves. It rules your, whatever fluid you've got in your body. And it's become so well known that the moon in certain phases has to be at least acknowledged by uh, law enforcement people and by all first responders because people are more likely to act out and wild things are more likely to happen. And people in emergency rooms do bleed more. So we're affected by all kinds of energies that we're not always willing to acknowledge. And each planet has a particular energy that will help us if we understand what its mission truly is and we understand what, in a sense, what it, what it will accept from us and what it won't accept from us. And what I like to do is simply align myself with that energy. And I'm always told where to go. 
and how to get there. There's it's certain like, things. Yeah, it's like, sorry to interrupt, but instead of like going against the wind, you, you sort of go with the wind. You go with it, kind of yes. Thing. Yeah. Yes. So in um, so you also do personal charts, um, yes. and I know we'll talk about it at the end too. But you have a certification course on astrology, mm -hmm. so you teach people how to read wow. astrological mm -hmm. charts. So when um, what would be the purpose of that? Like, what can having your astrology chart or having an astrological reading help you see um, or understand things clearer? How does it how does it help you in that regard? Well, the, your astrology chart is basically, it's a road map of your life. It's the way to get to your highest good, a way to be the best that you can be. Uh, an astrology chart will show you the easy routes and it'll show you where there's likely to be trouble. It'll tell you how to deal with that trouble and how to deal with those easy routes. The astrology chart is great for getting to know who you are. And I'm a transformational astrologer and by that, I mean, I am looking to see how you can become the best you, the reason you came here. Your mission for being here is to be loved and to be a reflection of God in the, the greatest form, but your particular way. There, there's only one you, and your astrology chart shows that. And you can be a twin, but there's still only one you. Each soul is different. How is each soul going to deal with this energy? So I like to use it to find out who you are, to help you see who you are and to help you know how you're going to direct who you are and your energy so that you're always in alignment with great forces and that you don't have the, the, the drama, the unnecessary drama of having to learn, go back to kindergarten and first grade every single time you attempt to do something. You can just handle life like a PhD. Yes. So, which brings, reminds me of something you mentioned, which is um, conscious transformation. So, when we talk about astrology as these um, symbolic and archetypal system that can tell us about ourselves, it's like by knowing that through that we can have a conscious awareness of not just the winds, but how we may be um, um, prone to handling the winds. Does that make sense? Yes, it in does. The, okay. <laughs> it's perfect sense, exactly. And you put it very diplomatically. Yeah. Yes. How we are prone to handling the wind. Some people, when the wind comes up, they're prone by their very nature. Some people are more emotional than others, more excitable than others. And by their very nature, if the wind comes up, they think, oh my God, the wind is coming. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just how your machine works. What you need to know is how to work with if you know that you are prone to get really dramatic when the wind comes up, you need to say, well, the first thing I need to do is understand that I probably don't like surprises. So where in my, ah, I see that I need to have a more grounded relationship with say Mercury, the mind and with Saturn. Uh, Saturn is the weight, the, the organizational aspect of us. I need to have a more conscious relationship with them. Great. Uh, and I see that when I become emotional, I need to watch and see how the moon, my emotions and Venus, my feelings, how they're handling all this. And you begin to look at yourself the way you would look at your car, the way you look. I sew a lot. So I look at my sewing machine and I listen for it. And it's the same thing that I'm doing when I do a chart, when I look at my chart or anyone else's chart is how does your machine work and how can we get it to work more smoothly? 
how can you be in control of the working of your machine? Each machine has, no matter how much, how many assembly lines we have, and let's look at just human life as part of an assembly line in a way, because we're all sort of got the same kinds of parts, but we, each one of those this is quirky in its own way and is, I think, a blessing in its own way, but we do have to learn to handle that blessing and, and to handle that quirkiness. And I, um, I think sometimes, um, Sheila, I can see what you do um, or how what you do helps is um, we all have blind sides to, <laughs> to our patterns. So <laughs> it helps to have someone to sort of reflect back to us and see, oh, okay, like I didn't consider this, you know, yes. particular, I don't want to call it weakness or affliction. Or I didn't consider this strength and you get like a fuller picture of yourself in a way. Yes. Yes. So, yes, which brings me to a point that I've been dying to get to <laughs> or wanting to get to. How does tarot fit into all of this? How does the tarot fit in? Well, the tarot, I, I love working with the tarot because we're a visual species. Humans are visual. And the tarot, as soon as you see a picture, whether it's the tarot or you see a portrait is painted or a photograph or a five-year-old brings you the, the little drawing they drew in kindergarten. As soon as you see that picture, you start forming associations with it. As soon as you see that picture, you start hearing or getting, you start retrieving information. And if you don't understand that what you're doing, we're all the time, we're reading the symbols. You, you read, um, one of the things that I like is we drive, most of us drive, and there is this red symbol with white, and it's got eight sides. We know when we see that red, that's something calling my attention. Oh, red and white, I'll bet, yes, eight sides, stop. We know what that means. Well, the tarot cards do this. We know on some unseen level what each card is saying to us. Um, and it says it to us, depending on the question we're asking, depending on where we are in our lives. And so the tarot comes in and it gives, it's a good jumping off point. And a lot of my clients need to see something. And I get, listen, I could just tell them what's going on, but I also get they're not going to be satisfied with that. They need to see something. So the, the tarot reading is we start off with me saying, well, this is what I see and these are your issues. And it looks like this. And they'll go, oh my God, that looks, that looks just like it. Exactly, because when you look at the card itself, I could show that to 100 different people and they'd have 100 different uh, ways of reacting to it. But for where that person is at that time, that card taps into them. And I love the tarot because that's what it does. It's one of the most perfect systems I've ever found for people to be able to identify who they are and where they are in that moment. What would you say to someone who sort of is a little scared of the tarot pictures or the tarot reading in general? Well, I have uh, had people approach me who were, yes, they were scared either because they were raised that way uh, or because somebody told them something or because they'd had a bad experience. So what I say to those people is I say, well, let's do this. When let's try a couple of cards, and if you feel uncomfortable, we'll stop 
and I'll try and find the answers to your questions another way. But let's just see what happens. And it really does come down to what I'm asking, asking them to do is to trust me. I'm, what I'm telling them is I am a guide and I will help you and protect you on this journey. And if you can trust that wherever we go, I'm willing to listen to you. And if you become uncomfortable, we can stop. If you want me to just continue, we can keep doing that. It all comes down to the personal relationship you're willing to make with the person. It comes down to your being willing to be open to your client so that your client can know that, oh, she's not holding anything back from me. And they also have to feel that they're, they're being protected. You don't hire a guy because, well, they have them here, I guess. You hire a guy because they're going to show you something you couldn't find otherwise. And it's my responsibility as a guide to make sure that you have a great journey, you have a great experience. Okay, um, since I have you as an expert here, I'm gonna ask the same question I did with the astrology, which is what can tarot help us um, see uh, clearer or help you mean, us? What can astrology or tarot? tarot. You're asking about tarot. Mm -hmm. Oh, but what can tarot? Hmm. I find that, again, that we're, we're a visual species and I don't care. I, give my clients a choice of six different decks for the reading and they choose two for each for the session and they always I don't care who they are invariably they will choose a deck that's got either a card in it that's got their very situation right there or even the color or the style of outfit they're wearing and that's just to give them I think that's just to give them uh, the sense that they're on the right track and that they can keep opening up. The tarot, if you don't have the cards, there have been times when I haven't had cards and somebody is really, I've heard you do something, so I want you to do something for me. And one time I just picked up uh, some sugar packets. I was out in a restaurant and I picked up sugar packets and I said, okay, we're going to draw an imaginary circle and you're going to ask me the question and I'm going to, just throw the sugar packs into the circle and we'll see what happens. And I was able to, because it's all about focusing your energy. When you have the cards, you have pictures, you have, uh, you've got shapes, you've got colors you can focus on. But when you don't have the cards, you can do the same thing. Yeah, which brings me to a beautiful, um, I feel like the beautiful intersection of what all, all that you're describing is grace and just mm -hmm. having different tools for grace or light or information or electricity to move through mm -hmm. and finding the tool that works best for the practitioner as well as the the client finding the intersection and then going getting through receiving the grace and interpreting the grace in your way i love the sugar packets <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter what i'm hearing you say is it doesn't really matter what you're looking at as long as you have a pure intention of receiving um, what that person needs to hear at that time. Exactly. One of my professions, in one of my professions, I was a costumer and a costume designer in Hollywood. And so as that person, when I'm handed the script, I have to take these written words and I have to take these characters all written out and I have to read that character, describe that character, communicate to you who that character is and where they are in the story and in life by how they look, what they're wearing. 
And that's really what your tarot cards are. Your tarot cards are, in this moment, the character of what's going on with you, of your show, your issue, is shown this way. And so that sugar packets or dressing actors, tarot cards, astrology, it's all pretty much saying what we're doing is we're using this, we're using all of this as a divining tool to dig down deep and see who you are and display the real truth about you and display it in a way that honors you and in a way that you can accept and love yourself. Okay, which um, brings me naturally to uh, one of the other things you, you, you do for, for people is clearing karma. So can you tell me uh, how do we clear karma? Is it something we can, we can do our own, on our own or do we necessarily need help with it? How does it work? Well, clearing karma is, is very interesting. I really don't think we're stuck with anything. I think, like I said before, we've come here to perfect our spirits. We've come here to clear some things up. And in, in that, if that's what we're here to do, we're never stuck with something. So I feel that you can clear your own karma, but there are times when, like you can clean your own house, but there are times when you need somebody to come in, you need a crew to come in and just get to the places that you've overlooked or you can't reach or you don't have the right, uh, the solvents. You need somebody to come in with a kind of a dedication to what needs to be done. And perhaps somebody who's not as personally involved with that thing or whatever those things are that are holding you back or holding you down. So when I go to a person uh, and it's, and I deal with it, I actually, I do their astrology chart because your past lives will show up in that. And we talk about that. We talk about their motivation for coming to see me. And I create, um, I create a series of events for them to participate in. And I also do a lot of energy work with them. And once that's done, um, we have, they have to now shift, they have to shift their expectation of life. Because if you're used to walking, see if, let's go back to that wind. And the wind is always blowing you and you're used to walking like this. If one day the wind stops, you're not going to just straighten right up. You're used to walking like this. You've got to get used to relaxing and straightening up. So I give my clients about two months to just reform themselves, make better choices, make choices based on who they are now. We meet again, we discuss what's going on, where the blocks still are, and then we do another clearing, and that usually takes care of it. So that, those are the mechanics of it, and that's also, a lot of it is also the, just the energy of that kind of work. And what I found when I first started doing this, because it was very simple to me, it's okay, we're gonna do this, this will work, is when I gave you the example of being bowed by the wind, we're, we're not only a visual species, we're an habitual species. So we fall into, the, into a habit, we're going to keep doing it whether we need to do it or not. And it's about becoming aware, oh, I don't have to do this anymore. Oh, I don't even feel that way anymore. And allowing the new you to straighten up and to reform yourself. What's between people and allowing that, you think? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first so part you, of that. So you mentioned that we have this habit of staying in, in the past, staying in, yes. in the wound, uh, as I call it. What do you think yes. is between people and just 
just allowing and once they realize and see the pattern or the wound getting up and saying okay like there's another there could be another way but i see for me i see so many people struggle with um just taking that next small step towards wholeness um towards being okayness right i i feel that the problem is fear it's fear of the unknown even if you're in an uncomfortable position even if something is painful you know that you know what it is you know what's going to happen you know how you're going to feel you know all of that and then if somebody comes in and says you know i can just help you relieve that pain if it sounds like a great idea and you really love it but what's it like if you're not walking all hunched over what's it like if what is the world like if you can sit up and you can see the world from this perspective the world can see you in this way and a lot of people go back to their old habits as a lot of people go back to old relationships that really don't work because at least i know what this is and i used to think it was because people didn't love themselves enough and i found out after a while it's no that's not it that's a part of it but that's not it it's because people want to stick with what's familiar we are uh, in our most primal state we're not the most progressive of mammals right so. So it's, it's hard to go from that fear into the spiritual hedonism of like i get to enjoy this like yes. i get to enjoy this more and more each day yes it's, it feels very polar opposites but um i feel like if we could allow just a little bit of the the head on it, the goodness. Yes. It adds up like little droplets. So yes, it definitely does. Yes. Yeah. In in um in your experience, what do you feel is the most common advice you give people? The most common advice? Yeah. Ah. Hmm. It really comes down to you have the right to love yourself. And you have the right to be happy. That's really what I'm seeing objectively and subjectively. And I point to that. Several people have said uh, over the years I've been doing the work I do, you told me a lot of things, but you didn't tell me anything scary or anything negative or anything bad. And I say to them, I did. I just didn't tell you in a way that would scare you. I told you in a way that would help you find your strength and help you find. The, uh, the enthusiasm to push forward. Because there are two ways I can talk to you. And I can either frighten you or I can encourage you and enlighten you. I'd much rather encourage and enlighten you than frighten you. Because that's why you came to me anyway. Something was in your way that was potentially frightening, if not outright frightening. And I once a long time ago, before I started doing this work seriously, I had a vision. It just came from wherever it came from. And I saw myself on a horse. This was about 200 years ago and I, on a horse with a rope. And I was at uh, a building that had bars on the window. And I saw that I threw the rope and had the person inside the jail cell loop the rope around the bars and the horse and I pulled until the bars came loose and that person climbed out got on the other horse that i brought and we, we rode away and i said oh my god 
I break people out of prison. I knew that before I did any of this. And that's what I do. I break people out of prison. I if love that. I love that. I can't stop them from going back in, but I can certainly help them get out. You can't stop them from going back in, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the choice. Yes. So what advice do you have for these times that we're going through? Ah, these times. These times. Well, nobody knows anything. And that is the thing that we have to keep in mind. I, I, like everyone else, had great plans for this time, for this whole year. Fabulous plans. And I watched as each one of them was sort of taken out of my hands and set down. And I thought, okay, there are two ways you can deal with this. You can get very dramatic and scream and yell. You can feel sorry for yourself. Or you can say, well, if these are the only things, these are the only ingredients I was left with, let's see what kind of pie or cake I can bake. And notice I went straight to dessert. Let's see, let's see how I can make this fun. Let's see how I can get something from this. And so whenever, and I do sometimes, I'll catch myself getting into the drama of it. And I'll say, well, one, one thing you need to know, you're not breathing. I have learned enough about myself to know when I start getting hyper, I'm not breathing. And I've learned enough and I've practiced enough dealing with what I've learned to know so that it'll automatically, I'll hear the words, you're not breathing. I'll stop and I'll take several deep rhythmic breaths. And I go, now things are still as crazy as they are out there, but I'm no longer crazy. And when I'm no longer crazy, I'm able to drive my own vehicle through whatever this is. So nobody knows anything. This will one day be over. It's never going to go back to what it was, but it's, and it's going to take off from here and where you are here, that's where you'll take off. So I find that it's much easier for me to stay calm. I find it's much easier, easier for me to see clearly by just not getting all caught up with it. I acknowledge it. I keep abreast of the information but I just don't go swimming in that particular toxic dump. That's that's how it works over here. (laughs) I like that. And then that gives you a place of um, refuge too. I'm sorry, what are you saying? That also gives you a place of refuge, a place. Oh yes, exactly. It does. To rest in. Now I know that you also offer uh, mentorship to other healers, um, mm-hmm. tarot and astrology certification courses. What advice do you have for other healers who may be dealing with their own lead turning into yes. gold, but at the same time also sort of helping or beginning to help out others do the same? So there's a duality, like they're still dealing, but they're right. also helping. What advice do you have for them? Well. The advice I have for anyone, especially people who do what we do, because we can forget that we're human, um, is remember that there's a human part of yourself. And remember that there are people who will help you. Just reach out and ask them. That advice I give is the most advice and the best advice, I think, is to ask for help. And if you have problems asking for help, that's something you need to look at because we all need each other. So that's the first advice. And after you ask for help, or as a part of asking for help, ask yourself, 
what have I done for myself that's nice? When have I been gentle with myself? Uh, most of us are workhorses. We get up in the morning and we have a schedule and we're just going to meet everything on that schedule, which is great. Things get done that way. But where on our schedule is it that I'm just going to sit and stare at the sky? Where's on that schedule is I think I'll just, I'm going to binge watch a TV series and see, just see what happens. When you do that, the world does not stop. When you do that, things don't fall apart. You just spend a certain amount of time massaging your senses. And I feel that the best thing that we can do, healers can do, healers healing each other and healing themselves, they can remember that they're tender too. And all of that that they're taking on from other people, they need to have a way to divest themselves of that. And they need to be very active in doing that. I love that. Yes, we forget. But that comes with the humanness too. It's just re-remembering. Yes. Like the Mercury retrograde says, <laughs> which yes, I learned yes. from you, remembering, regenerating, resting, yes. all the re's. Yes, so, um, so you are a spiritual healer. And I feel like we as sp spiritual healers, um, we not only help people turn lead into gold, but we, I feel like most of us have this responsibility um, almost to hold a vision up for the world. What's that vision for you? What's the gold earth that looks like? What does my gold look like? The earth, like the whole, the collective life. The collective life. Universe. Wow. That's, that's a good one. Well, the gold for me the what it looks like is that we become aware, that we become aware of, of ourselves, of what's running us, and we become aware, therefore, of each other. If I'm aware that I have these ways of being and I extend that out, I'm going to extend it out to you. And once, oh, we're all in the same boat, basically. And it's that awareness and the awareness that re really fuels us is love. What depletes our tanks, hatred, uh, uh, the, uh, the pain of fear, uh, the fear of loss or lack, but what fuels us is love. Because even if I don't have much, if I'm truly coming from love in my heart, I'm going to just say, I have to trust that if I give you some and you don't have much and I give you some of what I have, that somehow I don't know how that's going to be replenished. So it's a combination of love and it needs faith, and it needs courage to just keep moving forward. Being alive is, it takes a lot of courage to be alive. To have a quality of life takes a lot of courage because you have to trust that things are going to work out at some point in some way. And my dream for the world is that we all get that, that we all get that we're not, we're, we've been pitted against each other, and it's also part of our primal being, but we're not adversaries. We really are allies in everything. We are partners, we're allies, we're working this together. And if we work it together, then all of the smoothness comes in and all of the craggly bits go away. Yeah, so not the scarcity, but abundance of love and yes. everything, everything mm -hmm. else. I love that. Sheila, thank you so much. This has been absolutely phenomenal. I feel like I could talk to you for three more days. 
Well, thank <laughs> you. I, yes. I want to tell people, I'll put a link uh, here as well underneath, but um, your website is sheilahite.com and you're on Facebook, on Instagram, and you so kindly offered a discount code of 20%. Yes. Um, to our listeners, and I'll include that as well. And the discount code is GRACE, which I feel is fitting. Mm -hmm. It's we've been talking about. So thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before we uh, finish up? Well, yes. Um, first of all, for you, I want to say thank you. I really enjoyed myself. And I love the work you do too. So that gives me even more hope. Um, and I want to say to everyone out here, out there, um, start turning within and start loving yourself. Liking yourself is great. Go ahead, unconditional love, not because, but just love. If God or a divine force or the universe, whatever you want to call that force, can love you, why not you? That's pretty much it. Once you get there, everything starts getting a lot more smooth and starts rolling. Thank you so much. I love that. You're I welcome. Love yourself. Yes, so thank you. That. <laughs> thank you, Sheila. And thank you, everyone, for joining, for listening. Um, if you're new to this conversation or the Conversations with Healers podcast, please subscribe. This is a truly um, heartfelt endeavor. <laughs> if you will it just comes from the heart from the joy of just talking about these things and um introducing you to different ways of healing and different healers so thank you for tuning in and talk to you next time